Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin' the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, it is that time of year. February Frenzy is here. The GHSA State Tournament tips off this weekend. Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to cover today. We surely do. It's always the most exciting podcast of the year. The state bracketology is here on this episode. We will be covering the boys' side. Eight brackets now fully released, all filled out. We've got the right teams in, we think, and we can't wait for this weekend to get started on the March 2 making. Kyle, give us a quick reflection of what has this regular season been like before we start talking about the playoffs. You know, I think each classification has been a, a little bit different. I mean, 7A, everyone's chasing McKeecher, and 6A has been wide open, and, you know, you can go on from there. 4A, is anyone going to beat Upson Lee? 3A looked like a crash course between GAC and Morgan County, but uh, not so fast. And then 2A, Woodville has been undefeated. St. Francis in Class A Private has been very good. And Calhoun County undefeated in Class A Public, but Wilkinson County is on fire right now. So, you know, each classification has been a little bit different. I think with the uh, region tournaments, uh, we've seen some go chalk, and we've seen some, especially in Class 6A, a lot of upsets, which has led to a ton of uh, – a lot of crazy matchups in the first round and the second round, which is, you know, is the case every single year when uh, when the games are on the line, teams really rise to the occasion. You see who's about that life and who's not ready for the spotlight. So uh, it's been a great season tracking all the action and uh, no better way to end it than uh, with a fun, 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 crazy um, February and March. As I always like to say, when we are recording this podcast, because things are so dynamic and they change, we think nothing's going to change. These matchups are set in stone. The information that we are going to present is as current as we have it. As of the evening of February the 12th, we may be extending into the early morning hours of the 13th as we record this, depending on how long we run. But nevertheless, before we jump into it, we have a special guest, friend of the podcast, Kyle. Who do we have back with us? Yeah, you, you've heard his southern twang voice before on here, but we have the <laughs> athletic coordinator at Thomaston Upson Recreation Department. It is none other than Wes McCard, our uh, our local uh, foray. Uh, I want to say guru. He's very close there. He's a he's a numbers cruncher, but not many people I trust more in class foray than Wes McCard. And Wes, I am glad you are here with us today, sir. Well, as you said, Kyle, um, I'm about that life. So uh, it's a state playoff basketball, and um, I, this is my favorite time of the year. Some people are like the World Series in October. Some people like like you know the, the Super Bowl in, in January. But I'm I'm a high, give me high school basketball in, in early March and late February, and I'm I'm a happy camper. And with that being said, you'll hear Wes's voice popping in and out. But without further ado, we have a lot to cover. This podcast is already going to get lengthy, but we want to give the best insight we can. On to 7A, Kyle, the final uh, regular season rankings are posted. McEachern, you mentioned it in the intro, 27-0, undefeated regular season, some national competition, and of course the state of Georgia, some of the toughest competition out there. 
They fall in the bottom left side of the bracket. But who are they facing in that bottom left quadrant? East Coweta. They fall to number five in your regular season rankings. We were so high on them. We discussed them a couple weeks ago. They had somewhat of a surprising region tournament, and they have a tough, tough first-round matchup as they fall to the fourth team out of region two. Start at that bottom left quadrant for us, Kyle, and work your way around. Yeah, I mean, East Coweta, we mentioned that Region 2 was going to be topsy-turvy, uh, one of the toughest in the state, probably looking at it on paper just talent-wise. Region 2 is probably <laughs> the toughest in the state. And uh, East Coweta, they, they, they dropped to Wheeler. They got blown out by Wheeler. They got beat by Pebblebrook. But for Mandez Jones, the Region Player of the Year was hurt. So they, they, East Coweta did not just fall apart. There was a major injury to their leading score, uh, arguably their best player uh, on the team and a region player of the year, along with Terrell Burden from Campbell. But he was hurt, and that sets up the matchup that uh, I was kind of looking forward to, but I thought it could be a, a state title matchup. But McEachern and East Coweta in the first round, and, um, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a, you know, it, it stinks if East Coweta is not at full strength, if Jones is not playing. Um, but if East Coweta is at full strength somehow, I mean, that is going to be a difficult matchup for McEachern. Uh, of course, obviously, East Coweta, this is a worst-case scenario. You don't want to be playing McEachern in the first round. But, uh, I mean, as of right now, I think that's the game I'm going to get out to because I was number one and number two in the state before East Coweta's injuries really derailed their region tournament hopes. Uh, but, I mean, that's going to be a, a, a great game to keep an eye on. So if we're looking at any game in the state of Georgia in Class 7A, uh, that's it right there. But quickly touching on the rest of the quadrants there, Still on that left-hand uh, side, you got you got Milton as a number one seed, who's playing really well out of Region Five. They don't have the the star power as a, a McEachern or even a East Coweta, but uh, Bruce Thornton, probably the best uh, freshman in Class Seven A this year, he's been very good. Donovan Hairston has been sensational his senior season. Uh, he's battled a concussion, but uh, and even a, I believe it was a shoulder injury last year, but he's been really good for them. You see Burkmar and Peachtree Ridge, a 3-2 matchup, which will be very competitive. And then uh, the winner of East Coweta and McEachern is going to get to feast on Cherokee or Camden County in the second round. So um, McEachern or East Coweta, they, you know, obviously you got to lean towards McEachern uh, if East Coweta is not full strength. But they got a really favorable route to get to the Elite Eight where they'll, they'll run into a, a little bit of, you know, someone that could play with them for a while. But uh, McEachern, they're in good shape. And I'll, I'll touch on these other quadrants quickly as well. Um, at the top left-hand side, you're looking at Westlake versus Marietta. And I think we'll we'll talk about that game a little bit later on in Class 7A. Remind me about that, Ramin. Uh, but you see Norcross, who could not get the job done against Meadow Creek. They they fell in a, in a close game. Uh, so they get the two seed, and that, that's going to set up uh, most likely. We're, we're assuming there's no crazy upsets. I mean, Norcross plays Mountain View, who hasn't really played up to their peak yet, but that's a team that can shoot the ball and they can they can get hot. But Norcross is likely going to see Grayson in the second round, and Grayson number two in the state, Norcross number four in the state. That would be a colossal matchup right there and um, a really good one. And on the top right-hand side, you got Pebblebrook versus North Paulding. I think North Paulding is going to be able to give Pebblebrook quite the game. It's going to be at North Paulding. North Paulding is going to have some shooters out there. They're going to have Jacob Harris, a 6'7 wing, who's had a really good season. I think Pebblebrook's really going to have to come in there laser-focused because North Paulding this is their best team in school history by a long shot. 
making it to the state playoffs. This might be their first time ever making it to the state playoffs. If not, it is one of the first times ever. So that place is going to be rocking, and Pebblebrook has to be prepared for that. Uh, you saw Campbell, and again, I guess we'll touch on the at-large uh, debacle. I'll let you highlight that in a second, Ramin. But Campbell gets the at-large bid over uh, South Gwinnett. They will be playing Etowah, and um, that's a tough matchup for Etowah. Etowah, great defensively, but they do not have the you know the great star power. Now, you have Jackson Etter, who's been a, a phenomenal player his high school career, and he's going to do everything for that Etowah team, but Etowah's going to have to try and slow down Terrell Burden. Brandon Darevine is a, a lethal option. Uh, Andrew Thomas uh, has has been good in spurts throughout the season as well, so that's someone to keep an eye on, that that Campbell versus Etowah. Um, going to be a tough matchup. we got Lambert versus Newton, a, a 3-2 matchup. Newton blew out Lambert. I saw that at the North Georgia Showcase. Uh, that's a tough matchup for Lambert. Then Duluth versus Meadow Creek, and Meadow Creek a team uh, – could sneak back into the state championship game. We will see, but Meadow Creek won Region 7, and they set themselves up for a pretty nice road. And then lastly, on the bottom right-hand side, you got Wheeler with the two-seat against Hillgrove. Tiff County grabs the one-seat out of Region 1. They'll play Walton. Shiloh, a very dangerous number three-seat out of Region 8. They get West Forsyth. And then Discovery is the number one team out of Region 6. But Parkview, a four-seat out of Region 7, with all their transfers that have transferred out over the past two years, um, they've done a hell of a job over there to grab a, a state playoff bid and uh, Discovery. They're going to have to play really well if they want to get past a Parkview team that has played underdog the entire season and has come up big. A lot of things you touched on there in Class 7A. Some we'll get to now. Some we'll get to later. Campbell getting the at-large bid. We will cover the power rankings and the at-large issue when we get down at the tail end of the podcast to a private and a public. So for a more detailed discussion of that, um, you also mentioned Marietta and Westlake. So I will ask you to hold that thought, and we'll bring Wes McCartan here. I know he's been working furiously. Give us your final four in this uh, volatile Class 7A bracket, Wes. <clears throat> well, uh, definitely McEachern. That's not that's, that's no doubt for me. I like Grayson, McEachern, Meadow Creek. This I I think if Discovery can get past Parkview, I had Parkview written down as my sleeper team, um, just because they're a four A. I mean they're they're a four seed that's uh, capable. I think of beating just about anybody. But um, I think if uh, Discovery can get past Parkview, I, I, I like Discovery. So I like I like Chalk really. I like Discovery, Meadow Creek, McEachern, and um, Grayson. Although uh, Lounge Lounge scares me a little bit. They uh, they're, they they've had a really good really good year this year. Not not, not Lounge, excuse me. Yeah, Lounge, uh, Westlake, Westlake, Westlake. Sorry, I'm looking at Region Two. I, I had. Region 1, Team 2, and Region 2, Team 1. You know how these brackets can get. But Westlake and Grayson, I like Grayson out of that top left quadrant. I like McEachern, bottom left. I like Discovery if they can get past Parkview in the bottom right. And I like um, Meadow Creek for sure in the top right. So that's that's my four. With the sleeper pick being Parkview. Kyle, we heard Wes's uh, final four and his sleeper. So we're going to ask for your sleeper first. I assume it's going to have something to do with Marietta, Westlake, a one versus a four in that top left quadrant. And while you tell us about that game, I don't know if you can multitask and come up with your own final four. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if Marietta is necessarily my sleeper for the entire tournament, but if I had to put someone on upset alert, that is a real upset alert now. We're looking at games like the Region 4 versus Region 1 and – 
I mean, Cherokee's a two seed, Cannon's a three seed, stuff like that. You know, two, three seeds, I'm not really calling those um, upsets or anything crazy like that. Um, I think uh, Campbell, as an at-large team, I, I like them to advance past Etowah because Etowah doesn't have enough firepower. Um, but I think Etowah is extremely well coached, and it's going to be a downright gritty game, and they're going to muck it up. And uh, if Alex Ford can help out Jackson Etter at all, uh, I know that they're going to have a packed house over there in Town Lake, and Campbell's going to have to come ready. But Campbell, I mean, they're only probably about 35 minutes down the road or so, so it's not like they're they're coming from three hours away to play Etowah. But back to that, that Marietta-Westlake game, I mean – Westlake had been up and down, up and down, and, you know, they, they definitely peaked at the right time and with some injuries to East Coweta, that, that really opened the door for Westlake. Uh, but, you know, they, they won Region 2, and if you win Region 2, you got to be feeling great about yourself. And, you know, they, they blew out Pebblebrook 76-52, and they beat Wheeler at 55-46. So uh, they're playing their best basketball of the year right now. You can't deny the talent they have. With Chase Hunter going to uh, Clemson, his younger brother, a freshman, Dylan Hunter, Quincy Oliveria, an athletic three-point shooter going to Rice, um, Caleb Wallace, a six-four wing who uh, is athletic as well. But I think the you know the the glue guy that makes them good because uh, you know a lot of their offense is kind of you know got a lot of isolation type players that can really get it on their own. But the glue guy that does the little things and battles and rebounds and can get you 12 points and eight rebounds and do this and do that and hit tough shots is Deontay Page. I think he's the guy that really brings that team together. He's obviously not going to get the recognition as those other guys, but he's the one that's down there battling for rebounds and doing the little things. And I think he's very important. But they're playing a Marietta team that is really overachieved. And, I mean, Marcus Hood is probably the best coach in the state of Georgia, if not the best top five. And, uh, I mean, he's going up against uh, – I know Darren Rodgers has won a, a state title before, but Marcus Hood is going to come with a great game plan. And he's proven he can X's and O's with the best of them. He, You know, they played McEachin very tight, uh, lost by about six or seven points in their first meeting. Uh, you know, they're going to be playing with house money now. They got an athletic guard, Traylon Smith, a senior, um, John Allen, a little guard, about five foot eight, but, uh, you know, he's a spark plug as well. Uh, I really like CJ Sinclair. He's an undersized, uh, about six three power four, but he's a great rebounder. Josh Clore, Travis Burst. So they got a lot of guys that can hit you for about eight, nine, ten points. It's going to have to add up to be a lot because Westlake has guys that can hit you for 20 points, but I know they're going to have a really good game plan and, you know, I just worry about that. Obviously, Westlake, they have the horses and they should win this game. But if Marietta can, you know, if they can play at their pace and control control and dictate the tempo of this game and, you know, if they, they hang around and have a good first half and they're, they're still within striking distance in the first half, you never know what happens come February. So Westlake, they're going to have to play very well because, uh, you know, Marietta is going to have an excellent game plan for them. And just to help contextualize how you're looking at this bracket, Kyle, I'm going to ask you three questions. The first is a yes or no answer. The second uh, two require two numbers. McEachern, are they the odds-on favorite to win 7A? If and we touched on the McEachern-East Coweta bracket in the first round, if they get past East Coweta, what is the uh, percentage chance you give them to get to the final four and then to win it all? If they get past East Coweta, the chance I give them to get to the final four is about 92%. <laughs> I would give them 92% to get to the final four. Um, Not 93? 
Not 93, 92% <laughs> to get to the Final Four. What was your other question, Ramin? And then to odds to uh, win the championship if they beat East Coweta. Now it's going to depend on who they see in the Final Four. And looking at my bracket, I guess I'll go ahead and give you my Final Four. I know Wes McCard kind of stole my thunder, but I have Grace. I have McEachern. I have Meadow Creek. I have Discovery. And I have Grayson getting there because I think Grayson's tougher than Norcross. Norcross has the most talent in the state of Georgia, top through bottom, hands down. You cannot deny it. But they, with with as much talent as they have, and the expectation <clears throat> is still upon them entering uh, the season. Looking at it that way, I know they played a tough schedule, but everybody in the state of Georgia plays a tough schedule. They've been disappointing this year to see Norcross sitting there at you know going into the state tournament. Number four in the state with eight losses, not even 20 wins, 19-8. They can always ramp it up, but the past two years, Norcross has had the best team in the state, lost in the championship, lost in the championship. Um, you know, I'm Grayson is a team that's going to punch you in the mouth. They're going to have three six sevens inside. Uh, Davon Smith is an animal at point guard. They can kind of struggle to score at times. They can't have scoring laws, but... If Javon Tatum is shooting the ball well, uh, the addition of him from Tucker in the offseason is uh, is very big for them. He can create his own shot, and uh, that's why if, if Grayson sees Norcross in the second round, I like Grayson because I think they are tougher, and I think they can dig down, and, uh, and they can beat uh, a team like Norcross. And, I mean, shoot um, – it's it they you know they beat someone that's already beaten Norcross twice this year. Uh, Grayson was able to beat Meadow Creek fifty five fifty one in the the tournament of champions. Mm-hmm. So if, if you have to think, has Grayson beaten these top level teams? Yes, Grayson has beaten these top level teams before, and that's why I think Grayson, Meadow Creek, Discovery, McEachern, and then from there, um, I've been talking about this all season long. Ramin playing only five and six guys really scares me if i'm a keacher and if you get one i know the referees are gonna let the stars play but if they get somebody big in the foul trouble they're going to be you know i wouldn't say in trouble but you know hold on tight because grayson i've seen them this year they can play legitimately 11 to 12 guys deep and you know it, it, it's a numbers game only five can be on the court at one time but uh I think Grayson is a, a very talented team, um, and I don't even know if I pick my championship matchup yet. I might lean a little towards McEachern to get past them, um, but it's uh, it would be a great Final Four matchup to see Grayson versus McEachern. Well, I'll say this, Kyle. Great minds think alike, and um, <clears throat> I feel good that I gave mine out first, so it didn't look like I was copying you. Mm-hmm. It looks like you're copying me, which is I, I prefer that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But uh, does that answer your questions for me? Does that, do, do I need to go ahead and give you my state championship uh, pick right now? I, I mean, I, I'm, I might as well. I guess I kind of let it on a little bit. You did. I guess I'll go with, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with, uh, boy, I'll go McEachern versus Meadow Creek in the, uh, in the championship game. Does that sound good, Ramin? If you say so, Kyle. We, yeah, it's, it's difficult, very difficult, and I don't <laughs> even know if I – do I want to say who wins? I I really don't know, but I'll say McEachin versus Meadow Creek as of right now is what I slightly lean towards. 
And with that, uh, we will move down to Class 6A. If you listen to the rundown at the top, Kyle, you probably gave the most compressed 30-second summary of uh, boys basketball in the state of Georgia anyone anywhere has ever heard. But in it, you mentioned 6A, all the upsets in the region tournaments. It's been wide open all year. Your one seed's moving from top left counterclockwise. We have Brunswick, Appalachie, Greenbrier, Tri-Cities, South Cobb, Houston County, Cambridge, and Tucker. When you look at that 6A bracket, what happened in the region tournaments, and what do you see now heading into uh, this weekend? Boy, uh, a lot of crazy stuff happened in the region tournaments for me. And to be honest with you, 32 teams make uh, make the tournament. I really think there's probably about 20 teams that feel like they have a legitimate shot at getting hot and winning a state title, and I think it, that's 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 very possible. I mean, you're looking at a team like Greenbrier, who stole that number one seed out of uh, Region Three. I mean, Greenbrier, their record is, oh gosh, they're just 16 and 12. But they beat a team like Evans, who was like 20 and 0 at one point. But we always said be be careful about Evans, or they're a good team, but they're not a 20 and 0 good team. Lakeside Evans, I still think probably the most talented team in that that region. But you got Heritage Conyers as well, but I mean, just a lot of madness and a lot of upsets it has really shaken up the brackets as far as the seeding goes. And uh, there's going to be a couple really good games, first-round matchups that I want to hit on. But uh, we got a lot to cover here, Ramin. And give us your top matchup in Class 6A, Kyle. I think the top matchup in 6A has to be Sprayberry versus Chattahoochee. And that is Sprayberry, ranked number seven in the state, Chattahoochee, number 10. And Chattahoochee, uh, they ended up falling all the way down to a three seed in Region 7. Sprayberry got the two seed. Um, you know, Chattahoochee, uh, they, they lost to North Atlanta 72-70, to 70, and then they blew out Pope. Um, but this is going to be an interesting matchup because the, the strong points don't really align now. Uh, Chattahoochee, perimeter-oriented team, no bench whatsoever to speak of. That is going to hurt them. Uh, they can shoot the ball extremely well. A.J. White's going to get over 20 shots per game. He's going to make a lot of them, but he is a shot-hungry, shot-first guard, region player of the year, average 25 points per game, can really fill it up. you got Cam Sheffield can shoot the ball. Franklin Bailey, my man, one-dimensional player, but a great dimensional player. He's knocking down the threes, but if he's not knocking down the threes, it all starts with Grant Van Beveren, six foot six inside, going to be a walk-on and play at Wake Forest next year as a preferred walk-on. Double-double um, guy inside, doesn't get a lot of touches, but he's a team that really rounds them out. With that being said, Sprayberry, another team very deep. Everyone can hit you for about 12 points. they got about eight guys that can you know lead them in scoring. But the problem with Sprayberry is they do not defend very well whatsoever. They cannot stop you know, on-ball drives. They do not move their feet well. Guys, I watched them play against Sequoia, and Sequoia was slicing them up, getting into the lane at will, and that really hurts Sprayberry. But Chattahoochee loves to shoot threes. They're not going to get to the rim as much as other teams is. So, you know, Sprayberry's biggest weakness, on-ball defending and keeping people out of the lane. But Chattahoochee, they'd rather shoot threes and perimeter jump shots. And for that reason, that's why I think Sprayberry uh, actually has the edge in this because I don't know if Chattahoochee is going to be able to get into the paint enough. But that's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think that Region 6 versus Region 7 matchup, all those games are going to be very high-scoring because when you're looking at like a Cambridge who won Region 7, they do not defend very well. Um, Chattahoochee scores very well. 
Um, you're looking at Sequoia. They want to play very fast. They give up a ton of points. They can't get stops when it matters. Uh, but that Region 6, uh, the team that won Region 6, who I think is the most complete team, is South Cobb. I think they can score when they need to score, but they can also slow it down and defend when they need to. But uh, Sprayberry versus Chattahoochee, I think that is a great matchup. And you hinted at some other ones. I know in Class 6A there's some longer travel times for some of these first-round matchups. What are you going to be look forward to, and what's your second and third games that you're going to be keeping track of over the weekend here, Kyle? Well, I'm not putting any faith into Dekula anymore. They have three Division One level talented players, but they, they they find ways to lose games. They have the, the three seed. Now, they're playing Alexander, the two seed out of Region 5, the best region in the state. Um so they have, they definitely have the firepower to win uh, that game and go on a deep run to Kula, but we've seen it time and 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 time again. Dekula just, they can't get the job done. Uh, but for all that matters, who knows? They could, they could beat Alexander because they definitely have the firepower to do so, but they just find ways to lose games. And it's, it's just, it's insane. The thing about Mikhail Bethea, you got, uh, Brendan Tucker going to College of Charleston, uh, very talented. And Quincy Adam Coy, a six foot six wing. And Dekula, 11 and 15, six and four in that region. So individual talent, Dekula is up there with anybody in class 6A as a team. Uh, they've been uh, a huge disappointment, just terrible. But, uh, you know, Alexander, with that being said, they're going to have to play very well because Dekula has a great firepower and they can give them a game. And, uh, you know, I think that's pretty much uh, the, the, the second game I'm keeping an eye on is that one. But Alexander, they should handle their business. But if Dekula gets hot and they decide to play as a team, uh, watch out. With that being said, um, I'll let you lead into your Final Four here first. Kyle, 6A Final Four, what do you have? Well, we've been talking about 6A and talking about um, Region 5, and everything starts with Region 5. And we said whoever wins Region 5 is likely going to be the favorite to win the state championship. And Tri-Cities ended the regular season ranked number one in the state, and they won the state, uh, not the state championship, but the region championship. They beat Langston Hughes, who is on fire right now, 79-70. And they beat Alexander 58-57. to And with that being said, my final four picks are, I got Coffee coming out of the top left-hand side, who, uh, you know, they, they fell to Houston County, uh, which was, uh, you know, a crazy, crazy upset, um, losing the Region 1 championship. But I got Coffee on the top left-hand side. The bottom left-hand side, I got Tri-Cities. Top right-hand side, I have Langston Hughes, the two-time defending state champs. Rory Welsh has done a phenomenal job with those guys. P.J. Carter has blossomed into the true score that I knew he could turn into, and Tyrell Morgan is just a pain in the butt to play against because he's so versatile and is a slasher and will rebound. I got Langston Hughes, a three-seed, advancing to the Final Four. And then Alexander. I got Alexander. If they can get past Dekula, which which they should, they should. We already talked about that. But they're going to have a really tough second-round matchup with South Cobb. If they can get past South Cobb, I think Alexander looks good to get to the Final Four. So that would be three teams out of Region 5 going to the Final Four. And my championship pick, I got Tri-Cities versus Alexander. These two teams have met three times. Tri-Cities won the first one 70-65. Alexander won 75-67. And then in the region championship, Tri-Cities won 57-56. 
My championship pick is Tri-Cities with Peyton Daniels, who has expanded his game. Demetrius Reeves, who transferred in, has given them great balance as a slasher. Um, you got Demarcus Johnson, who you always forget about. He's been there all four years. He can shoot the ball extremely well. You got a very deep bench. You got the Coddle Boys coming off the bench and some playing a lot. Um, you got Alex Bean inside, six foot six, uh, transferred back in there. Uh, I'm, I'm probably missing uh, Titus Hunter, uh, who is just a, a gritty, do everything guy. Who I think uh, one Region Player of the Year was close to it. He was right there. If he did not win, I think he did. Uh, but they have all the ingredients, and Omari Forts is one of the better coaches in the state of Georgia. He has done a great job. He is a, a very good coach. And uh, with the Player of the Year in the Region, Titus Hunter, some toughness. I like Tri Cities to win the state championship. Let me close out on the point that you mentioned, Langston Hughes. They're taking on Gainesville in that top right side of the bracket. They're traveling to Gainesville in that top right quadrant. I'm in the first round. Wes, do you agree with Kyle's Final Four? What do you have written down? Um, well, I agree with, with uh, three of them. I had uh, Coffee in the top left, Tri-Cities bottom left. I had Alexander. I had Tucker in the top right. Um the reason I had Tucker was I was looking. I mean, they're a twenty-four and four. They're in a pretty good region. No, I, no, I just, I'm cutting you off right now. I'm jumping in. I'm jumping in right now. That region is not what it used to be. Region four, yeah, I believe it is. I, I don't think yeah, it's, it's that strong. Four. That's that's why I think it's somewhat a fool's gold. And Tucker, they have, they're playing great basketball right now. They were not good early on in the season, but they're mm-hmm. playing much better. But I am not as sold on them. And Monday's Mill is, you know, I, I got Monday's Mill going to the Elite Eight, actually. I got Monday's Mill going to the Elite Eight, but you're looking at that region. Then Morrow, who is 18 and 10, but then you got a 12 and 14 Stevenson, 10 and 18 Mount Zion, Lovejoy 10 and 15, 6 and 20 MLK, 6 and 19 Forest Park, 2 and 19 Drew. That is not a good region. Now, Tucker, they have very good talent. I'm going to tell you what, Nate Ogbu going to Dartmouth. They got Jermonte Hill, who uh, transferred in and is trying to become a winning player, and Nick Watson, region player of the year, can really shoot the three-point ball so they have some horses but uh that, i'm just gonna say that they're they, they have some talent but they have not been as tested as some of these other teams uh go do ahead you, sorry do you think that's you're fine I, hey, hey that's why you're the man you you know you know it i, I trust you um do you think do you the, in, in the elite eight is it do you have tucker in the elite eight do you have him getting out of there so you have him playing Hughes is what I'm asking. I do. I do have okay. Tucker going to the Elite Eight. And, with, I mean, saying all this stuff, I, I, I can't harp on it enough. This could be completely blown up. We could have freaking Gainesville in the Final Four. Yeah. We could have uh, South Cobb. We could have um, Mundy's Mill. And we could see uh, North Atlanta. It, that, that's how wide open 6A is. I'm telling you, there yeah. is no right or wrong answer. I'm just trying to – trying to you know provide the the image i have and give my reasoning but yeah saying tucker is going to the final four that is not laughable at all but uh the 24 and 4 record i think it might be closer to maybe a 20 and 8 record as far as you know if they played in these other regions but that is not a bad pick uh whatsoever what what do you think kyle about i have my sleeper team as houston county um just because of the uh they you know they like you said they upset coffee in the region championship but Houston's had a pretty decent year. Um, they got the Sloan kid that's going to uh, Georgia College, I think oh, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I didn't know what your thoughts were on Houston because that South, that Alexander's a two seed. 
but they're probably the toughest region maybe in the state in any classification. And then South Cobb will be the other one seen in the bottom right. What, what, are your, what do you think about Houston? What the do you thing like that Houston? scares me about Houston County is eventually it's going to turn midnight and, you know, the glass slipper's not going to fit and it's going to – whatever's going to turn into a, a, a pumpkin. I don't know all the Disney phrases, but Houston <laughs> County was 2-6 and six in Region 1. They were 2-6 and six in Region 1. Now they're 16-9, and nine, but they were second to worst – Second to last in that region throughout the regular season. Now they got hot at the right time. Right time. Yep. And that that that, that means a lot. But they have had some not great stretches. You know, lost. They lost a lot of games. If I'm reading this Max Preps correctly, they did lose three straight overtime games. But you know, are, should you be losing to Northside? Should you be losing to Valdosta? Should you be losing to Lee County? I don't know. They played a lot of close games. I think they you know they've done a hell of a job um, with the coaching over there and to get. To get to the point where they're at right now, uh, um, so they're, they're they're playing really well. But I, I think they do advance into the second round. But Heritage is, a, you know, they would I, I have them seeing Heritage in the second round. And Heritage kind of crept up on us and got to the final four last year. And Heritage mm-hmm. has been up and down, up and down. But they have some veteran guards. Uh, um, yeah. But that's why I'm not a hundred percent sold on Houston County. But Don Hudson, uh, you gotta ha- ha- tip your hat if you beat Coffee County, uh, you're a team that can go pretty far. We'll move down to Class Five A, Kyle. Um, looking at the bracket, maybe a classification that's been a bit more straightforward and cut and dry throughout the year, as it has been the past couple of years. In your final uh, regular season rankings, Buford, number one, Eagles Landing, number two, Southwest DeKalb, number three, Jonesboro, number four. Looking at the bracket, Buford, uh, top left, Eagles Landing, top right, Jonesboro, and Southwest DeKalb, bottom left. How do you see this bracket looking? Yeah, well, I think it, it it's all going to have to start with um, – uh, it's going to have to start with Buford. And we said that last year, and they got clipped by Miller Grove, and that was a big uh, a big upset. Um, and they're going to have to see Miller Grove in the first round, and Miller Grove is not Miller Grove that we all you know have have known for a long time. But they're still a, a very young team that has some talented players. Uh, so Buford's going to have to play pretty well. Um, so if Buford's at full strength, I know there was some rumors going on. Marcus Watson was not in the uh, the region championship photo. I don't know if he was taking the photo or he was doing something else, going to Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm going on the uh, the idea that he is healthy and fine, and we just couldn't find him in the photo. Uh, I think he's uh, the best senior in the state of Georgia. I think Marcus Watson, uh, at least that was my preseason pick, as being the best all-around player uh, as a senior in the state, and I think he's very talented. So I think it's going to start with Buford and just looking at Buford's draw on that top left-hand side, I mean, if you get past Miller Grove, which you should, I mean, Maynard Jackson, Villarica, on paper, you should handle those two teams. You got veterans and Wayne County who could meet up in the second round. And Wayne County's been coming out of that region, too, and I haven't really been sure what to make of them. Um, I know they, they've beaten Statesboro a couple times. I think they're a, a good program, but I don't know if they're ready to compete with a, a team like Buford yet. Um, so Buford's got a, a pretty nice road to the Final Four, but you know who does not have a nice road to the Final Four is a bottom left-hand side, and I think that's that's really tough because you're you're looking at Woodland, Stockbridge. We got we got Woodland number five. We got Jonesboro number four, who has won. I mean, I don't know, 13, 14 straight games. They are, you know, they're, they're on fire right now. Jonesboro, uh, 15 straight games they have won. And they've been handling their business in Fayette County. You got Carrollton in there. You got Southwest of Cavs. So 
Uh, with that right there, a lot of a lot of firepower you got to deal with. That's going to be a really tough quadrant. Bottom bottom left hand side, top right hand side, Fayette County, who I was a, I was a believer in, but they just can't beat Jones Jonesboro right now, and uh, that's setting up for a Fayette County versus Eagles Landing second round matchup. Where uh, weeks ago I thought that could be a a Final Four matchup, depending on how the brackets laid out. Those are two really good teams. Uh, so that's that's uh, that could be a, a big time second round matchup. But you cannot sleep on Kell. Kell has done a great job this year. They're a very balanced team with a lot of guards. That's a team that I think people continue to sleep on. They get a tough first round matchup though against Lithia Springs. Lithia Springs can really score the ball. Anthony Hardy, uh, he's averaging well over 20 points per game this year, and I believe it's Antonio Lewis. They can really score the ball, but you slip to the four seed for a reason in Region Six, and Region Six is okay, not not great, but uh, Region Six versus Region Seven, I think those are two fairly comparable, interesting regions to see matchup. And then on the bottom right hand side. Um, you're looking at Warner Robbins, who's starting to play pretty well. Lithonia. I think the bottom right-hand side is the weakest out of all the quadrants. Um, and I, I, you know, Lithonia has been good. They've taken some losses this year. They're ranked number eight in the state, but Lithonia's played a really good schedule, and they lost by two to Southwest Cab in the region championship. But Lithonia versus Warner Robbins in the Elite Eight, I believe those two teams hooked up in about the Elite Eight last year, and it was, you know, went down to the buzzer. Uh, so that could be a nice rematch. And I think Lithonia, they are um, pretty fortunate with their draw. Uh, but a team to keep in mind who's playing well is Riverwood Buck. Um, Buck Jenkins, one of the best coaches, uh, one of the better coaches in the state. I, he does a great job, especially in Class 5A. He's got Riverwood uh, playing very well, and they're playing Caleb Caleb Bird in Rome, and Caleb's averaging close to 30 points per game. That'll be a fun matchup. But Lithonia, I think they're feeling pretty decent considering about their quadrant. Kali touched on Riverwood. I don't know if you want to provide us another sleeper, but I am going to ask for a sleeper from West in the meantime. Well, um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. I, I had my sleeper in this would probably be Fayette. I don't know if you can call a two seat a Fayette uh, a sleeper, but I, I don't think they get past Eagles Landing. Uh, I, I, I was pretty much in line with Kyle. I like Buford, Jonesboro, Eagles Landing, and I had Lithonia. As, my, as getting as a, as a two seed to beat Warner Robins, I didn't. I don't know very much about Riverwood, um, but I know Lithonia has been in the top ten for pretty much the whole year. Like Kyle said, they've played a really good schedule. So uh, that's my final four: Buford, Jonesboro, Eagles Landing, and Lithonia. Yeah, and uh, if I had to give a you know a sleeper team, it's you know it's really tough. I know last year we had like Hiram got. You know, smoking hot, and they didn't even score 50 points at all in the state tournament, but found themselves playing for a, uh, you know, they were in the final four. Um, if I'm trying to tab a, a sleeper team, I mean, it's it's kind of tough. I feel kind of set in my ways at some points. Uh, but, you know, a team that we might not see a, a whole lot of, you know, I think, I think Statesboro, if Statesboro gets hot, Statesboro's been kind of, up and down they've had a pretty good season but dropped some games and we mentioned that you know they kind of struggled against wayne county at times with statesboro um are they even in our top 10 they're not even in our top 10 but that's a team that beat john savannah they beat swainsboro and swainsboro was pretty decent um you know playing some smaller schools but they, they've done a pretty nice job you know new Hampstead is a, a thorn in their side always um 
I think Statesboro, if if someone got hot, you know, I think Statesboro could sneak into the Elite Eight or maybe if some craziness happens, the Final Four. But they're going to have their hands full at Stars Mill. But, you know, Stars Mill has been another team that's really disappointed without Brandon Hutchins on the sideline. Um, but, yeah, but uh, to, to give you my Final Four, I got Buford. I have Southwest DeKalb coming out of a very difficult region. Southwest DeKalb is not even – whatsoever at full strength considering uh, Eugene Brown uh, broke his leg um, the transfers of Maurice Harvey and Terrence Edwards never were cleared to play along with Dejon Dansel never cleared to play I mean Southwest Cap has gone through hell with the adversity uh, that has come their way and Eugene Brown uh, he just he keeps them ticking he keeps them ticking on the sidelines he's got the boys playing well they're one region five and uh you know, might as well just take it all the way. So I got Southwest Cab. Then I have Eagles Landing. I got Eagles Landing, and I got Lithonia. And in my finals, I have Buford playing Eagles Landing, and I have Buford beating Eagles Landing. Barring everybody is healthy. Donnell Nixon, Region Player of the Year, going to Wingate. Very talented, five eight guard, knocks down big shots, hits the three. Marcus Watson, if he's if he's available, um, which we hope he is, and I believe he is. Oklahoma State, I think he's just a matchup nightmare. And uh, Ashton Young, they got all these guys over there. Eric Coleman, who came in from Kings Ridge, uh, I really do like Buford and uh, Buford versus Eagles Landing. I think that would be a really good really good championship. With that being said, that'll wrap up the 5A portion of our boys' state uh, basketball playoffs preview. Wes, I hope you've been over there doing your vocal exercises, sipping on your water as we get ready um, to introduce you. You have a guide. I believe it was understanding the uh, first round of 4A for dummies out on the interwebs there, Twitter and Facebook. But I will turn the floor over to you, Wes, and lead us through this first round of 4A. Yeah, um, 4A this year... So it's it, to me, it's the uh, as expected. You got your, of course, m- you know my hometown high school, my alma mater, Upson Lee, the two-time defending state champion. They're, they they won their fourth consecutive Region Two Four A title this past year. The reason, to be honest with you, and I don't know how to say this politely, is. Uh, as the kids say, trash. It is it's really not very good. So they, they really were not tested all year in their region play, and they weren't tested in their region tournament. So that, that, that always worries me. But then you got Sandy Creek, which is another player, has been for the last couple of years. St. Pius has been for the last couple of years. Um, Carver, who out of, out of, is another region uh, champion, but I, sometimes that the region one to me looks good on paper, looks good on the court, but something always happens to them in the second or third round. I don't know what it is. For, I don't know what it is with the Columbus and Albany schools, but something happens in the state tournament to where you're like, what happened? They, they just got beat by who? You know, so, you know, you got that. And then you got teams which are on the rise, I believe. Um, a couple of them were not Denmark. For one, was not even. I don't think they had a team last year, so they're they're a one seed. And then you got uh, Kessler over at Willard Academy. They're they're a really big team. Uh, I don't. I worry about their guard play, but uh, they, I like all those all those teams. I like. But there were some 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 head scratchers too in Foy this year. <laughs> Reason six, you got a, a, a team that's fourteen and fourteen on the season, 
They're six and six in region play, and now they're the number one seed, Southeast Whitfield. I heard they were uh, ranked in the top ten in a, a certain poll, but uh, no, that was Lafayette. Them. That was uh, Lafayette who. <laughs> yeah. them, but uh, Look, Lafayette, the, the, we, we had them in the top ten for a second, and then once we saw that loss, we said uh, never again. And you know, my rule was I will put Lafayette back in the top ten if they, you know, redeem themselves and they blow out uh, Southeast by about twenty or twenty-five points. And uh, they beat them one time, and then they got mm, beat pretty badly in the region tournament. So. That was a shocker yeah. to me, at least. And, and you know, so I, it's 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 really to me, to me now. This is just this is my opinion. There are about three to four teams which I think really have a legitimate chance of winning the state championship, and three of the four, if not all four, are on the same side of the bracket, and that's unfortunate this year because you really don't know if you're going to see the best two teams in the in the in the state championship or you know the final four could be the best two teams and that's just the way it goes sometimes when the ghsa draws his brackets up but if you look in the top we'll start with the top left quadrant quadrant as they say and um of course upson leaves there as a one seed and saint pius is there as a one seed and these two teams have met the last two years in the state championship game upson lee being victorious in both of those games um, they have a really good chance of meeting each other this year in the Elite Eight. And fortunately and unfortunately, one of these two teams will get to host that game, which would be huge for either one of them. Um, as you may know, Upson Lee travels very well, and I'm sure St. Pius does too. They, they both packed out. Uh, they put more people in the stands at Georgia Tech than the, the Jackets have this year. So uh, it uh, was pretty impressive to see last year uh, there in person. But uh, the game, the game that interests me the most in the first round of the top left quadrant is Salem and America Sumter. Um, America Sumter lost a close one, I believe, one or two points in the region championship to Carver. Um, they've played uh, pretty well all year. Got Josh Lusane, six-seven uh, wing kid, can really play. Um, nightmare matchup for almost anybody in four A. And then you got Salem, who graduated some seniors last year, but they're, they're in a pretty good region there with Wilbur Academy, Henry County, um, over there from Region 4, and I know they play hard. And so whoever wins that game will ha- could probably have to go to Upson Lee, and that's going to that, be a tough matchup for the Knights in the second round, no matter who they play. And so to me, I, to me, this is my – again, I'm not having any bias here – I believe it's Upson Lee and St. Pius, more so Upson Lee because of America Sumter and Salem, has the, has the hardest draw in 4A of getting to the Final Four. Uh, St. Pius has Cedartown in the first round, and they'll play the winner of Marist Lafayette. So, and St. Pius has already beaten Marist this year. And if I'm St. Pius Lafayette, a team that lost to a 14 and 14 team, doesn't scare me. So, uh, to me, Upson Lee's. With the, with the four teams of Salem, America, Sumter, Richmond Academy, and Upson Lee, that's 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 pretty strong for a one through four seed in your top left, the top left, the top part of the top left quadrant. Um, then you go to the bottom left, you're looking at Sandy Creek and um, a Thompson team from Region Three that just beat the whole region beat each other up. Uh, Richmond Academy which I think now is the Academy of Richmond County or something like that. I don't know. But Richmond Academy, Thompson, um, 
the, of the team over there. Uh, Baldwin, Baldwin, I thought was going to walk through that region, but somehow they finished as a as, as a three seed. And then you have Cross Creek, who had been really the two seed all year, was a two seed in the region tournament. Now they're the four seed. So you really your three and four seeds in the tournament wind up being the one and two. So that just goes to show that region there is just about as screwed up as the region up some leaves in. So I mean, I I think it's a cakewalk for Carver on the bottom right. They got Druid Hills, and then they'll play the winner of Howard and Baldwin. And then you got the other one seed in that bracket is Southeast Whitfield, who I don't know anything about. I ain't gonna lie to you, I have no clue. But I do see Cartersville there in Region Five as a two seed, and it's not the Cartersville team it was last year, but they. It's, they should be. I, I see Cartersville and Carver in the Elite Eight, and if Cartersville is the toughest team Carver has to play to get to the Final Four, I see no reason that Carver shouldn't be in the Final Four. Um, and so, I mean, you can give me your opinion on that in a second, Kyle. And then you go to the top right quadrant. You're looking at Denmark, a team that I don't know if they came out of nowhere, but uh, looking at them on paper, they're long, real long, and I think they got a really good guard. I don't know his name. I'm sure you do. He's probably their leading scorer. And then Woodward Academy is the other one seed. Of course, you got Kessler. Um, and they've got an interesting matchup also in the first round with Westover. Uh, Westover is a team that I think under, underachieved at the beginning of the year. At one point, had lost four or five games in a row. It might, might have been 0-5 or 0-6 to start the year. But yet, they come through you know, to win some big games this year, and they wind up getting into the state playoffs. They've got 16 or 17 wins, and you got Jordan Snow Brown down there, who's a, a heck of a player, can really score off the dribble, can, can create his own shot. Uh, could give Woodward Academy's guards uh, a matchup problem, but I just don't see them having anyone that can stop Walker Kessler. Uh, so of, to be the right side of the bracket is cut and dry. I like Woodward Academy in the top right. I like Carver Columbus in the bottom right. I don't see anyone that can, can beat Sandy Creek. And uh, T.J. Bickerstaff and that that whole group on the bottom left, it looks like it's going to be St. Pius and Upson Lee to me in the lead eight. I mean, and and who who knows? The, we we've had our chance with them, but it's it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, you know, when when, it, when it's very important. So they definitely owe us one. But um, Upson Lee's played well this year. They they they, they had that you know wing streak come to a halt after 75 games against a very very talented discovery team and i think some people's heads are going to not turn but eyes are going to be open to how good discovery really is they are a very very good ball club um they can shoot the ball really really well they're very big very long athletic um i was very impressed Upsonley had a, a big lead on them early in that game and the Knights just ran out of, out of gas, and Discovery was deep. So I think people are going to realize Discovery is a very good team. But back What's to 4A. McCart? Let me cut yeah. in. If, if Discovery yeah. was in 4A, would they win the 4A state championship? Uh, depending on – depending they, – they, I, would, I would think they would be, be the favorites, yes. Um, it, I would uh, – I would say yes. Uh, to me, you look at Sandy Creek, and they remind me of Discovery a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're quite as deep. So Sandy Creek may be, and this is no slight on Sandy Creek, or but I think this would go the same for any 4A team. You're looking at over a thousand kids less to, to pull from. So with that said, Sandy Creek is kind of a poor man's discovery, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Upson Lee could be a poor man's uh, 
you know, McEachern or Norcross or Buford, you know, or one of the, or, or Grayson, because they may have the same, they may have a, a couple of three or four players that can play for any team. But once you get past those three or four players, there's a big drop off. And to me, that's the biggest reason, you know, the ups and lost that game to Discovery is when they went to the bench, they just didn't have the talent to replace it on the floor where Discovery did. Discovery was very deep, especially in the paint. And, um, you know, they, they just wore them. They were ups and down. But I think you would see that with any 7-8 school. The biggest difference would be depth. And that's just because it's a sheer numbers game. But uh, I'm not going to pick against Upson Lee, of course. I'd be, I'd, I'd, first of all, they're my – I bleed purple and black. Second of all, they, they, sh- they should be the favorites. They've won it two years in a row. They've, they've lost one game this year. They're 26-1 and one, uh, until St. Pius proves to me they can beat Upson Lee. I'm not going to pick them. Although I think the world of Coach Aaron Parr and the job he does, he gets the most out of his players. But Upson Lee has a kid named Trayvon Walker that I don't think – St. Pius or anybody in 4A has an answer for, to be honest with you. I mean, there, there are kids that are taller than he is that play it, but I don't know if anybody's as, is as physical and dominating. I think Trayvon Walker, even coming from 4A, may be the best rebounder in the entire state, and that's in any classification. I think if Trayvon Walker had his mind set up that he wasn't going to make millions of dollars in the NFL one day, which I think he will, he probably could play Division One basketball. Absolutely. I mean, he's 6'6", 200, and he told me yesterday, I saw him, he said he was 291 pounds. And that's, uh, he doesn't have an ounce of, I mean, his, there's no fat on that kid. So, I mean, you know, and then not to mention you got Zyre Scott, Jared Adderton, you got some young kids that are sophomores coming up from Upson Lee that are role players. Um, if, you, if you've got three really good players or, you know, very good to really good players in, in 4A basketball, you've got a chance to make some noise because a lot of teams don't have that. They have one or two, you know, maybe have three. But that's the, that's the biggest difference between 4A and 7A and even 6A is those teams have multiple things they can throw at you where in 4A or 3A, you've got to go with your guns. And if that – and if, if somebody ha- – if somebody – is there to uh, stop what you do best, it's hard to show them something else because you just don't have it. And so my final four in 4As, Upson Lee, Sandy Creek, uh, Woodward Academy, and Carver, which are all number one seeds. My sleeper team is Denmark. I just don't know anything about them. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you had to say about Denmark. Um, you also, Henry County, is a, is a very good team. Um, they played Wilbur tough, but Henry County has to get through Sandy Creek, and I don't see that happening. Um, I think the ups and lease Sandy Creek game in the Final Four, whoever wins that game will win the state championship. Um, we'll just have to see if the poor man's discovery can do the same thing to ups and lease that discovery did. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's where I think it's going to boil down to. Can Bickerstaff make the shot this year at the end of the game? Can, 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 can Zyre Scott in the Final Four not turn the ball over and, and, and make his clutch shots, which he's done all year. This year? He's had a very good year, very, very good year. And then you look at somebody like Jared Adderton, who showed up last year in the state championship game off the bench, comes in and starts. 
And uh, this year, he's just carried that to the next level. He's had, also had a good year. All three kids are averaging well over 14, 15 points. I believe Zyrese is averaging close to 20. Trayvon's averaging about 15 and 12. And then Jarrett's right there at 13, 14 points and probably six, seven rebounds and three or four assists. And so, you know, if, if there's a team out there that has that kind of firepower in 4A, I think it's got to be um, Sandy Creek. So I'm, I'm curious to see what you what you had to say on this uh, 4A bracket, Kyle. All right, you turn it over to me. Let me uh, let me hit on your your Denmark first. Denmark first year school. They have Sutton Smith, who has been phenomenal for them. Transferred in from Kings Ridge. Uh, Christian, uh, about five foot ten, very spunky, great passer, great score. Uh, looks like a little baby face out there, a little kid. He is a little kid, but he is very good. Um, Adonis Talbert, a big bruising forward inside, about 6'6". Savion Capers, wide receiver on the football team, listed at 6'5". That's the big three for Denmark right there, and I think you're right. I got Denmark going all the way to the Elite Eight for a first-year a first year school, so I, I think highly of Denmark as well. And, I, I, you know, they, they spent a little bit of time in the top ten. They might have spent like a week or two until – uh, before we put them in at the final regular season rankings where they finished number 10. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're playing teams like Maris. Maris was pretty good this year. Maris is a, a not not a bad team at all. So they finally beat Maris, and you feel good about that. And Blessed Trinity is a, a real disciplined team. Now, Denmark, as far as the region go, they hasn't they haven't seen the, you know, the, the phenomenal athletes that – uh, you know, you might see later on in the season or in the state playoffs, you're, you're, you're not just, you're just not playing the, the, the I guess the, the ups and lees and the, the carvers of the world. You're, you're not seeing that, but I think Denmark is a, a safe pick to, uh, to win a couple games, uh, in the, in the state tournament. But let me give it, uh, my, my quick overview of these quadrants and everything. And, uh, you know, if, if I did have to pick a, uh, a sleeper team. There's. Uh, I'm. I'm kind of looking at two sleeper teams. Uh, one. I don't think they're a sleeper team to make it to the. Uh, make it to the elite eight even. But uh, Salem's going to be a tough out, and Salem proved to be uh, one of the teams that played absolutely um, the toughest last year. Now they lost a lot of their big bruising bodies last year. Uh, they lost 53-44 against Upsonley. They don't have some of those same big guys, but. Salem is a, a very talented team with their guards, and they get some strong, well-built guards. Lance Smith, very physical guard. Uh, Montez Swan, very physical. Uh, Jeremiah Benson can knock down the threes. And, yeah, you know, you got uh, Xavier Etsy as well um, and Tyron Taylor. So uh, that's a very guard-heavy team now. They're going to get hurt when they don't have the size like they do last year. But Salem is a, is a good team, and uh, America Sumter is going to have to come out ready. They're going to have to pound it to Josh Luzane and, and get some of the those other guys involved as well but Salem I mean you know we've kind of been saying it for a couple years now region four they they, you know region one and region four always look like the best regions in the state it feels like because they're very deep and you got individual talent you got good players but again both regions haven't really you know made a huge push come state tournament time and how great is it to see region four versus region one I think all those matchups are going to be very good Salem versus America Sumter you're looking at Doherty, the, the number three from Region 1 against Henry County. Henry <laughs> County, uh, they, they felt the number two. But Wisdom Ubo, who is the Region Player of the Year, won Region Player of the Year over Walker Kessler. 
It, it's it's about him. He's got a bum knee. He's been playing, but he hasn't been a hundred percent for a couple weeks now, and that's what you know you're really looking at with Henry County. Now, at uh, full strength, Henry County is very good. Josh Steele, one of the finest shooters in the state, only about five foot ten, so that you know that size is going to hurt him, but he can light it up. Jaquan Carter is a big, physical six foot five junior who's starting to play now. Um, saw some sparing time last year, but he's big and physical. I saw him over the summer. I really like him. Plays below the rim, but he's a road grader. You you got Lay Davis, another junior, six foot eight, long, active, uh, talented as well. Um, there's a lot of good pieces. Samaje Rice. There's a lot of good pieces at Henry County. And Henry County's been, if it, you know, one, two, and three have pretty much remained unchanged the entire season in whatever order. Upson Lee's always been number one, and then South Paul, uh, South uh, Saint Pius was number two until Sandy Creek uh, took over in halfway through the season. But the team that's always been sitting at number four for most of the season has been Henry County. They finished the season ranked number six. They're twenty-five and three. They're a very good squad. Um, but with wisdom, he's just got to be a hundred percent. But don't be surprised to see Henry County, you know, muck this stuff up and uh, you know find a way into the final four. That's a team to really keep an eye on um but i'll start at that left hand side i kind of got sidetracked but absolutely yes um you know i, I feel absolutely for st pius and the elite eight is uh is bound to happen i feel like and like you said uh west trayvon walker you don't they, i mean as good as st pius is you don't have anyone for trayvon walker he is everything he is the most impactful player in the state of georgia on boys high school basketball in the state he is the most impactful player because he makes that team completely different with his size and his rebounding. He, he he changes everything for ups and lee and i love zach ranson he plays hard but you know he's six foot two he's six foot three he's a very good athlete going to wake forest for football but it's like bouncing off a, a rock-hard elephant, a strong elephant, not trying to call Trayvon, but, you know, the, the king of the jungle, yeah, not yeah. the lion, but the king of the jungle is the elephant. He's a big man. Everyone is bouncing off him. You just you don't have anything for him. Now, you don't have a Ty Fagan this year, which is going to hurt. But, again, you know, Upson Lee has been number one in the state the entire season. Do I think Upson Lee necessarily is the best or possibly most talented team in Class 4A this year? I don't think so. I don't think they are the best, most talented team in the state of uh, you know classification of 4A this year. But I, I'll be damned if I'm dropping them down to number two or number three. I'm not dropping them down until I see a class 4A team beat Upson Lee. I was not picking against them. And of course, it all depends on how the brackets lay out and things will change in the state tournament. But there was no way Upson Lee was losing the number one seed, uh, the number one ranking in class 4A during the regular season. There was no way. And uh, that's why I think Upson Lee will advance to the final four and St. Pius has been great. And Nico Broadway has been very good. And Matt Gonzalez taking this game to the next level, being more aggressive offensively. He's had a groin injury, I believe, but they've been dinged up here and there. And they're very good, and that system's great. And I think they'll be able to play very tight with Upson Lee. But, again, I just think Trayvon Walker is just so influential to what the Knights do and what Coach Daryl Lockhart does defensively. And that's why I'm always going to use him as the, you know, the, the checkmate in a matchup with St. Pius, which is nothing Nothing to, to frown upon because St. Pius is great, but Trayvon Walker is just that influential. And uh, slipping down to the, uh, the left-hand, bottom left-hand side, 
Um, you know, Thompson is a team that ended up winning region three. There are a lot of athletes. I saw them beat Baldwin. I like them a lot. Um, you know, just a lot of interchangeable six foot three to six foot four guys. Um, you know, Xander, uh, Xander Hamilton was player of the year. You got Malcolm Daniels, a good wing, Aubrey Ivory, uh, Antron Murphy, Xavier Smith. So you got a lot of guys. Um, they've kind of been up and down. That region hasn't been phenomenal this year, but they ended up winning it. And, uh, you know, they'll likely see either Doherty or Henry County in the second round. Um, but out of that bottom left-hand side, Sandy Creek. I think Sandy Creek, you know, I think Upson Lee is a team to beat. And you can't take anything away from them. But I think the best team in the state in Class 4A is actually Sandy Creek. And uh, I said because TJ Biggerstaff, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, going to Drexel. I like him a lot. Julian Alexander is a great two-man who can get you 14 points per night. Uh, he's very talented. The guy that's really taking this game to the next level as a sophomore, and I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to be able to stop or slow down Trayvon, but he's at least a body. I mean, he, he could get wrecked inside because he's given up a lot, a lot, a lot of weight. But the guy's very skilled. Jabari Smith is very talented. 13 points, seven rebounds, two blocks, uh, two, two blocks a game and, uh, you know, two assists a game. Jabari Smith, he did not play hardly at all if he played at all last year for Sandy Creek against Upson Lee. And Deshaun Proctor, another six foot five sophomore who is I don't know, he's about six foot five, maybe two twenty. He's a strong, well built young man, seven point seven rebounds. I think those two guys could team up and can kind of somewhat neutralize, but definitely not take him out of the game, uh, Trayvon Walker. But I got Sandy Creek going to the final four. Uh, looking at the top right-hand side, yes, we've heard about Westover over and over again. And again, I think they have a lot of – it sounds like they got a lot of talent, but they haven't been able to put it all together, even with you know Antonio Jackson uh, coming in from Florida, finally getting eligible. And, you know, them against Woodward Academy, I, I, I think they got a really good shot at beating Woodward Academy. I think they have a really good shot of beating Woodward Academy because I've seen Woodward a couple times. Walker Kessler, he's he's a real deal. I mean, 20 points, 12 rebounds, six blocks per game. Um, he's great. He's he's great with his pass. He does so much for that team. Um, he, he's he's phenomenal. Ja'Cory Turner's the second leading scorer. He's you know, he's more of a football player. His jump shot is, you know, he'll make a couple of them, but it's not a very pretty jump shot. You will live with giving Turner 15-foot jump shots, but he's a really good athlete, and he attacks the basket. He's your second-leading scorer, and then it's kind of a drop-off. But a uh, guy that's really important for them is Michael Whitmore, the point guard. Seven points, close to six assists per game, two steals. Uh, he's the most trustworthy guard they have as far as handling the ball goes. He's very quick. He's very shifty. I like him. He's a really good junior point guard. Um, and then a, a guy that comes off the bench, who I think does a really nice job for them, is Logan Stevens. He provides them with some energy at the wing position. But, you know, outside of Whitmore, who, who are you trusting to really handle a lot of pressure? There's not a whole, you know, a whole lot. I think Woodford, Wood, the, the whole thing with Woodward is their guards aren't super strong, is what people have been saying for years. And I've been one of them. I think they're okay. I don't know if they're state championship caliber guards. And in a matchup with Westover, I think Jordan Brown and Jackson and uh, Isler, who's uh, uh, more of a small forward, I think they, they can go toe-to-toe with them, but they don't have anyone that can check Walker Kessler inside. And if, if Woodward can beat Henry County, they can certainly beat Westover. And that's why I think Woodward uh, will find a way to advance over um, Westover. 
And, uh, yeah, we mentioned Denmark. I think they go to the Elite Eight. But out of that top right-hand side, I, I, you know, I think Woodward gets out of it because we were saying at that Region 5 tournament, boy, uh, Region 4 tournament, pardon me, whoever wins that region is going to have a pretty good, you know, break get <laughs> to the, the Final Four. And if you get past Westover, you know, I have them seeing Cross Creek in the second round, who I think was below 500 this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, Denmark is still a young team, but I mean, they don't they don't have a Walker Kessler again. Um, Stevens County, Troop County, um, I think Woodward, if they can get past that first round, they should be uh, in good shape to make it to the Final Four. And my bottom right hand side, you know, I mentioned Salem as a sleeper a little bit, but my one sleeper that I think could actually get to the Final Four, uh, I don't know if I'm picking them to do it. Um, but a team that was there last year, Baldwin. Baldwin, 16-10, and 6-2. Watch them get beat by Thompson this year. You know, good team. Dante Justice is a guy that can, you know, he'll pop off for 12, 13 quick points. But he, you know, I want to see more from the Kennesaw State football commit. I want him to take a game over and go for 25 or 26 points. I know he has it in him. But sometimes he'll, he'll you know, get his 13 points and then call it a night. But I think, you know, he's got to hunt his shot the entire game. And if he can get you 20, 20 plus points, uh, Buck Harris has to feel really good about his chances. Uh, but, you know, Will Freeman, uh, he was very good when I saw him play earlier on in the season. Um, you know, he's averaging 11 points per game. I think that sophomore guard has a chance. Justin Webb, you know, been suspended at times. I know he just picked up a Columbia State offer, 10.5 rebounds, a guy that's just he hasn't put it all together yet. He's got talent, a six foot six wing, but man, he played like two minutes in the game. I saw he's an X factor. He had a really good spurt against St. Pius. He scored like seven points in two minutes, but then he didn't do anything else the rest of the game. If somehow Justin Webb can put it together his senior year and give us a full 32 minutes of impact in this game, he can bring Baldwin to the next level, uh, but it, it, it's all going to rely on Justin Webb and can he put it together? And just other guys, you know, Therese Hicks, he's a winner, he's a tough guard, and uh, Jeremiah Simmons as well, um, another tough guard. But Justin Webb is that that X factor, that six foot six, six foot seven. If you can give us something defensively and offensively the entire game, we are asking for you, Justin Webb. We need this out of you, sir. If you can get that done, they can be a team that can get back to the Final Four. Um, but with that being said, again, I, I got Carver going to the final four out of that side. I think Carver with A.J. Watts, uh, Devin Flowers, they got um, Jalen King, who's an athlete. They got some good players. And you, 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 you hit the nail on the head, uh, Wes. But Region 1 is like, man, what? We thought you were the real deal. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we saw them early on in the season, lost by three to Henry County. So that kind of proves they're, they're, they're a good team. But I I, I do like Carver to get to the Final Four, and uh, a team that I think is going to sneak into the um, the Elite Eight is Cartersville. You know, yeah. Cartersville's not losing at home. They're going to get every single freaking call at home. They are going to get every call. Madison County, they're you know they got Dylan Carey inside six foot seven, six foot eight, but he's not a great athlete. He's kind of slow inside. I think he could play college basketball, but they don't really get him the ball enough. I think Cartersville will be able to handle them, especially with Isaac Ridley about six foot six. He's a solid, solid senior player. Uh, and then I, I have Southeast Whitfield beating West Hall, and then I think Cartersville um, should be able to get past them. And then Cartersville, I mean, Perion Dyer has been very good this year, averaging 20 points per game, but I think Carver, if, if, 
if it, if Carver's ever going to get to the Final Four, if a team from Region One is ever going to get to the Final Four, it's it's got to be Carver this year. I mean, all those other teams could, but Carver's got to be the favorite to get there. So to recap that, I have Upson Lee, Sandy Creek, Woodward, and Carver. And here it is in the Final Four: Upson Lee versus Sandy Creek. Sandy Creek almost spoiled the fun last year; almost broke that winning streak. 52-51, controversial-ish no-call with, uh, I guess it was Trayvon who moved his feet, walled up. People wanted the foul. I thought it was an okay no-call. But you know what? This year, there is no Ty Fagan. Ty Fagan is in Athens right now. Ty Fagan had 23 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 blocks in that game. This year, there is no Ja'Cory Smith. Ja'Cory Smith had 14 points and 5 rebounds. There is a Trayvon Walker, however, who had 11 points, 13 rebounds, and four blocks. Sandy Creek, they got 22 points from Jared Godfrey. He was phenomenal in that first half. Uh, he's not there anymore, obviously. I think this is a year that someone finally knocks off Upsonley. I think Sandy Creek finds a way to do it. They've had enough heartbreak with TJ Bickerstaff and that, that, that team, and it's, they've been taking their lumps and taking their lumps and getting close, climbing up the hill. If they get it done, I think they can get it done this year. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of what Upson Lee does, but I think Sandy Creek, just you know, top to bottom, I think they are better this year than Upson Lee, and that's why I think Sandy Creek meets Carver in the championship, and I have Sandy Creek finally winning a state championship. And like I said, it's tough to pick against Upson Lee. I was never going to pick against him in the regular season, but if the brackets lay out that way and Sandy Creek can get past Henry County, I think Sandy Creek with Jabari Smith, six foot eight, he can alter some shots around the the rim. Deshaun Proctor, six five, strong guy, can alter, you know, you know, can rebound, can put a body on Trayvon, kind of, not really, but kind of. And then, uh, you know, TJ Bickerstaff has had a really good season. Uh, Keith Williams, the third, came in. Um, you know, they, they got a lot of options there, and that is why I think Sandy Creek finds a way to finally get over the hump and win Class 4A. I got a quick question, if that's okay. Quick question, Kyle. Um, I'm just curious, if you do see Upson Lee and Sandy Creek in the Final Four, what um, – what – what, what do you? How do you? How do you compare the guard play for those two teams? Because uh, a lot of times in the state mm-hmm. tournament, it's about guard. Your guard play, you know what I mean? Point yeah. guard is a is a coach of the floor. A lot of times in the, in the state tournament, it's whoever has the you know the point guard has the ball in the hands more than anybody else. How do you? How do you see those two? The two guard uh, backcourts from those two teams. I will say this: I I would give Zyrie Scott the advantage over Keith Williams, who is a junior. I will give him the advantage there. Jared Adderton and Julian Alexander, I think that's somewhat of a wash. I think they can do similar things. I think Jared might have a little bit better of a floor game. Um, but Julian Alexander's a good player and a guy, again, that didn't really play a ton in their meeting last year, I do not believe. They had Godfrey and they were going with Cam Miller and, you know, it was, uh, it's different faces now. Bickerstaff is the one constant, but guys like Alexander, Keith Williams, who was not even on the roster last year, Jabari Smith and Deshaun Proctor, who did not play at all. Uh, last year as freshman, um, you know, I think that rounds it out. Uh, but yeah, I think Zyrese wins the point guard battle. But just the overall starting five, you know, I know Zyrese and Trayvon, that's a tough dynamic duo, but with Bickerstaff, Alexander Smith, Williams, Proctor, uh, guys even like a RJ Howard, I think all combine the sum of the parts. I think Sandy Creek has a little bit more than Upson Lee this year. 
gentlemen, as much as we'd love to talk about 4A, we do still have half a podcast to finish. So with your permission, we're going to move down to 3A, Kyle. We mentioned it at the top of the podcast. You have Morgan County ranked number one, 25 and 2 on the season. GAC number two, 22 and 5. And the final uh, end of regular season poll statewide. They meet in the Elite Eight, presumably, in the top left quadrant of the bracket. So let's start in the top left quadrant, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, GAC and Morgan County, they're, they're going to be meeting in the Sweet 16, I mean, that, and that, that's, that's insane because these two teams crash course. They're going to be playing for the state championship against each other. Book it down, book it down. Dawson County, who is ranked number three, who's been number three pretty much all year, they beat GAC 86 to 76. And even though they don't take over the spot against GAC, they don't take over that number two spot because GAC did beat them two out of three times. That is huge for Dawson County because now they know we can beat the best. We are a state championship contender. We can beat GAC. We beat GAC. And with that being said, they avoid a huge showdown with Morgan County. And uh, GAC Morgan County, the winner of that is going to uh, make it to the Final Four. I have it because, uh, you know, Tattanoff County is a Darian Cones and pretty nice players over there. But that is, that is a game. I mean, that's where it's all going to happen. GAC Morgan County. Morgan County's got some more more help this year with oh boy uh they got some malik crawford i believe transferred in is now eligible from uh uh monticello if that is true i i I think that's true if it's not i apologize but if he is eligible that's a strong six foot six forward you have uh nolan coswell that i'm sure you know pretty well ramin uh not not you know he's he's a fine player he's six foot nine you're six foot nine you're six foot nine but it all starts with Stevan green who is a bulldog tyron lawrence and then uh, of course you got uh, alec woodard going to austin p that's very talented but on the other side hunter mcintosh going to two lane just will flame throw you from deep you cannot let him get his feet set from three ben shepherd is a great playmaker roy dixon a tough guard as well. Chris Hinton really balances things out. That game is going to be phenomenal. Almost too close to call. If I had to pick, I would have to go with Morgan County slightly. And the deciding factor is because it's going to be at Morgan County in Madison. Um, so I got Morgan County on the bottom left-hand side. Um, you know, before I, I dive into everything with the – the Savannah teams. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta break this down to you. We, we have uh, Johnson dropped out. John, I mean, go, go read about the craziness with Johnson and Rico Campbell having to get forced out for some strange reason, and UTAP Gordon coming back out. We, we don't know what's going on over there at the coast. It's been a really weird and very, very down season for Savannah. Woodville Tompkins is the best team on the coast, but they're in two way. Uh, but just looking at Region Three. Um, you know, outside of Johnson and Windsor Forest, and Windsor Forest ended up winning the region championship because they had to play Beach, who upset Johnson. Um, the teams in that region, outside of the top two, Johnson and Windsor Forest, um, their overall record is 74 and 111. Like, it's it's really, really bad. Like, statistically speaking, Region 3 is one of the worst regions in the state. And looking at the non-region schedule, even if you include Johnson and Windsor Forest against non-region opponents, uh, that region is 29 and 38. Um, they have not been very good outside of the region. And for that reason, that's why I think Westside making with Kowasi Reeves Jr. and uh, Faustin and, and JV and Mosley and all those guys, I think Westside making advances to the Elite Eight 
and I think they get to the final four because East Hall, uh, they have talent. Javian Rucker, I think, is off the team now, which is a huge loss for a 6-7 forward. Um, I think they might still be able to beat Calhoun in that first round. Then they see Cedar Grove. Cedar Grove's been really up and down. Cedar Grove really struggles to score the basketball, but Canars Cummings and uh, Devin Barnes are both a co-all-region, co-region players of the year in Region 5, but I don't know. They just don't really score the ball that well. They're pretty good defensively, but they can't score a whole lot. And I think Westside's young team uh, finds a way into the Final Four. Top right-hand side, um, uh, Jefferson versus Dawson County, I think, would be a really good game in the second round. Um, really tough game. Uh, I think Jefferson's had a really good season with uh, uh, Duncha Gaisler and um, Jacob Radiker, and uh, you know they've just been really impressive, but Dawson County, they they did not steal their point guard. Um, they transferred over because his dad accepted the job, but Jasper Gibson had about 39 points to beat GAC at a career night, and uh, he would be meeting up against his old school in the second round, so that would be uh, fireworks to see that. But I got Dawson County playing Central Macon in the Elite Eight. I think Dawson County, you beat GAC. You are a true title contender. I got Dawson County in the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, yeah, boy, it is uh, not very strong. Um, Pace Academy has been without Cole Middleton, who broke his foot, uh, their best post player, and uh, they got a two seed. I think Hart County, who slips to the three seed in Region 8, I think Hart County can beat them. I think Sean Webb is pretty talented, about a 6'4 wing. They're very athletic. They play fast. They play hard. Um, I like Hart County getting to the Elite Eight where they'll see Johnson and kind of only picking Johnson three seed. They do have some talent there, but and, you know, get past Liberty County, you're probably going to see uh, I got Kendrick, the four seed, uh, upsetting number one Crisp out of Region 1. Um, I think Hart County gets past Johnson in the Elite Eight. So I got Morgan County, Westside, Dawson, and Hart County. And in the championship, I have Morgan County beating Dawson County. Hmm. Mr. McCarr, do you agree with that final four? And if not, why not? I I have uh, Morgan County. Uh, I think the winner of that game in GAC gets in, so I do agree with that. I disagree with the rest of it, though. Um, I had I think Cedar Grove may be the best defensive team in all of AAA. Um, I think they – I do like Westside making as a sleeper. That's who I had as my sleeper. So I think, I think Cedar Grove beats Westside in the Elite Eight. I have Central Macon out of uh, Region 4, representing Middle Georgia. I have them going to the Final Four. And I have Johnson Savannah, just because I just thought, I really think losing that game to Beach, sometimes, uh, so, sometimes it takes something bad to happen to you before you really decide you want to get in there and, and turn things around. And I think maybe that might have been a wake-up call for me. They got a brand-new coach, too. Well, he's not brand He's been there for years, but yeah. he, he just came out of retirement. So there is a lot of crap going on around there. Yeah. So, so maybe, they'll, maybe they'll prevail. Yeah, they do have talent. Rally. They, yeah. They, they, yeah, they do, most definitely. So that's my final four. Morgan County, Cedar Grove, Central Macon, and Johnson. Who you got the West side is my sleeper. Who you got huh? West? Who you got in the championship? Uh, <laughs> Morgan County versus Central Macon. Who do you got winning that, sir? Morgan County. Very fair, very fair. And GAC, we're gonna we're gonna be hearing it, and rightfully so, because I think the winner of GAC Morgan County wins a state championship. Absolutely, I agree. If GAC, hundred percent. If GAC beats Morgan County, then I'll take GAC to win a state championship. Hundred percent, I agree with you. We'll go down onto two A. 
Sitting atop your state rankings in 2A, Kyle Woodville Tompkins, very similar record to McEachern, undefeated 27-0. We saw them play at Sportal Exposure, and they are the number one of the one seeds in the top left quadrant. Um, so let's start there. Kyle Woodville Tompkins, you touched on them, maybe the best team from the coast. Are they the best team in the state? Yes, they are definitely the best team on the coast, best team in the state. I've been losing sleep over this bracket. I mean, um, you know I love 2A. Uh, there's going to be a, a lot of very fun, interesting matchups. Uh, I, I assume Woodville stomps down Dublin. The thing that really makes Woodville better than these other teams is I think Lenny Williams has done a phenomenal job coaching. He rides the kids hard. They play great defense. That is what sets them apart from everybody else. I see them playing Butler in the second round. I think they're just going to outclass Butler. Um, but I got Elbert County meeting Woodville in the Elite Eight uh, on the bottom left-hand side. I got Northeast Macon advancing to see Farrell in the Elite Eight on the top right-hand side. Um, it's hard to pick against Laney because people really just – absolutely melt down against them sadly that is what glenn hills does and that's how they found themselves in the, in the four seat on the bottom right hand side but laney versus washington county assuming washington county can beat metter um i i, I want to lean towards washington county um and then on the bottom that you know the bottom of that top right hand side you got chatuga versus douglas i know they're you know, they're worried about douglas's length uh, I think Chattuga prevails, and they'll see Banks County. Banks County, we all know the song and dance with them. Carl Cleveland is going to take 30 shots. He's going to score about 25 points. Um, he, he is a great high school player. He can really score the ball. But I, I just figure, you know, they should be able to game plan for that. Banks County, they're going to have some shooters on the perimeter as well. But if you're able to pull them out of their zone and make them defend, they're, they're going to struggle in man-to-man against athletic teams. And Chattuga is an athletic team. Um, Tuga said this over and over. They're not overly super skilled basketball players. They're football players, but they play hard. They know how to play the game pretty well. I think Chatuga would get past Banks County if they can stop Carl Cleveland. Um, so I have Waco versus Chatuga in the Elite Eight. Bottom right-hand side, uh, Vidalia has been very good all season long. Uh, a great matchup in the first round is Glen Hills versus Early County. Uh, Early County has come on very strong. They just smacked Thomasville, um, made a real big statement, 68-40 to 40 against them. Um, Glen Hills has also made a statement, but in the wrong way, lost 63-60 to Hepzibah. Um, then they got beat again to fall to uh, the four seed, and that is, uh, you know, that's very troublesome seeing them get beat by a team uh, like Butler. Um, so that's going to be a tough matchup. But then you, you look at Spencer, who could, you know, they fall to the two seed. They lost to a Bream, and now they're going to likely, if they get past Union County, they're going to see South Atlanta, and that's going to be tough. But uh, with all that said, I got South Atlanta's versus Vidalia in my Elite Eight. And, you know, my final four. I got Woodville, I got Farrell, I got Washington County, I got South Atlanta, and this is where I lose sleep, Ramin. Woodville versus Farrell. Farrell, the key to beating Farrell is playing a 2-3 zone. They don't have shooters. They'll make maybe three threes. Rashawn Frederick's great. Roman Sun pushes the ball very well. Robbie Armbrester and Cam Fortson will absolutely maul you inside. And Woodville... You know, one of their, I wouldn't say their weakness, but if they get beat, it, it could be by a team that really dumps it inside and attacks them. 
And Woodville is very good defensively, but if they're playing Farrell, you, you got to play two three zone. You, 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 that that's how you beat this team because man on man, Woodville's been great. They're undefeated for a reason. They beat all these really good teams, but Farrell has played everyone in the state of Georgia, everyone, and played them close or either beat them. Now they played two games more than they're supposed to, so they're, they're supposed to fourth those two games. It was not recorded on Max Preps. They deleted two two results. So they played twenty seven games when the rest of the state only played twenty five. So that's a uh, troublesome, but we'll see if anyone cares. Um, but Farrell has absolute forces in Robbie Ombrester and Rashawn Frederick. They're very good offensively, and if they can push the pace, they're good. Woodville, they have some dogs too. Preston Crisp is a very smooth scorer. Bernard Pelot, um, you know, he wasn't phenomenal in the two games I saw, but he has a lot of upset as a six foot six uh, forward. Um, Charleston Willingham, I think he will be huge in this matchup if they play. I think he will be huge with his tenacity. Um, Alfred Coxum, if he's still in the picture, the freshman who got off to a great start, I think he's really tough as well, and he really rounds his team out. Uh, Dillard, Quanta Dillard, I think he's very important too. I think he's a great piece. I just love how Woodville plays as a team. But, I mean, Theral is just absolute horses, and I, I don't know. If Woodville is able to play a 2-3 zone and keep Theral out of the paint and from scoring at will and keeping them off the glass, I think Woodville wins. If Theral is able to control the tempo and they're able to dump it down low, high-low all day to Robbie Armbrester and Rashawn Frederick gets hot from three and maybe hits two threes and attacks the rim, um, I think Theral wins. And uh, I think Farrell wins a really close game, a classic with Woodville Tompkins, and they'll play South Atlanta for the third time this year. And Farrell beat them 54-52 without Robbie Armbrust for the first time I was there. Then they lost by 10, and then they just lost again in the uh, region championship to South Atlanta. So Farrell lost 61-58 to South Atlanta in the region championship. But I think Farrell evens up the score, goes 2-2 on South Atlanta. They meet in the region championship for an all uh, region six championship at Atlanta throwdown. Farrell, South Atlanta, Farrell state champion. I just think they've seen too many good teams. I, I mean, it, it has to pay off eventually, right? That's, that's, that's my thought process. And Kyle, before we move on, um, I do want to ask what is one game in class two, a, if someone's a class two, a fan, they want to get out to a first round game. What is a good game that you think is going to be close and competitive down to the last bugger? Oh, boy. I, I think that, that Glen Hills early county game, I, I touched on a little bit earlier. I think that's um, I think that's a good one. Butler-Thomasville could be pretty decent as well. And then Metter-Washington County. Uh, but I, I would say, uh, you know, early county versus Glen Hills could be an interesting game, uh, considering they're on complete opposite sides of the state. Hmm. Mr. McCard, your final four. Any pr- particular premonitions to a team here or there in 2A? Um, I like I like uh, Wolfville Tompkins. I'll I, I tell you the game I think could be a good one in the Elite Eight is uh, Theral and Northeast Macon. Um, I've seen Northeast play a lot this year. They're very athletic. They have some good guard play. Um, I don't know if they've played the schedule Theral's played. And there, I think Daryl's size may may hurt them a little bit, but um, I had just looking at it, and I had my final four as Woodland, Woodville Tompkins. Uh, I, this to Kyle almost talked me out of Northeast Macon, and I was about to put Terrell Terrell in there, but I'm going to keep Northeast Macon in there. I got Waco, South Atlanta. I got Woodville Tompkins versus South Atlanta, and I got South Atlanta winning the state championship. Mm. 
There we have it. And I know it's late in the night, but it would be remiss if we did not mention the power rankings. We talk about it every year. We talked about it when they first got released a couple weeks ago, what the rankings were looking like, who and what and what's going on. There was an issue in 7A. There was an at-large team in 3A, but really an A public, an A private. They use power rankings for 1 through 24. Only 24 teams get in, but 1 through 24. And what were the issues this year, Kyle? Um, about everything and every everything and anything. Uh, I mean, they don't do a very good job of interpreting numbers. I mean, Campbell. I mean, the 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 power rating number the entire season was like twenty four, which is like it would be the highest ever and probably impossible for Campbell. And uh, and this is talking seven A. And then all of a sudden they put South Gwinnett on the initial bracket, and then. Um, you know, then Campbell's number drops to like 12, which is the sick thing about this. They're, they claim, and I guess they do, they're supposed to update this like every single week. So you were updating it every single week for, I don't know, at least like maybe the past month or so, saying, oh, these guys are 24, these guys are 24, these guys, why didn't you catch it then? And we had to go through this whole charade and just egg on, egg on their face as always, uh, just sadly. Um, but luckily, I guess luckily they, they they were able to fix and they put Campbell in and then just t- talking about on the girls side. Originally it was North Paulding on there and then they get yanked off and then North Gwinnett gets put on and then uh, GHSA doesn't issue an apology and just like the the human element is just like well whatever we we do not care and if you make a, a mistake which I make many mistakes. Uh, I, I tend to think I own up and I, I apologize and I try to get it right, but uh, just uh, that's that's it's not like that in Tomston, not not where uh, not where Wes is from, but not your house, but <laughs> uh, other places in Tomston. I feel like, yeah. And so we'll actually switch it up. We'll go to a private first, I guess, as per tradition. I'm looking at it. Eight teams have a first round by St. Francis top left quadrant. You have them ranked at number one, 24 and four. Elko's number two, Mount Bethel is number three. And to the power rankings credits, they are in opposite quadrants. Um, Christian Heritage and Lakeview Academy are in that bottom right, the one that's not mentioned. So we'll start with St. Francis. Do they have the easiest path to the final four, Kyle? They have a cakewalk on paper, and rightfully so. I feel like the past two years they have been the most consistent, the best, most consistent, and the best team in Class A private. And they should have. I mean, you got to play the games, but on paper they have a great, a great route to the Final Four. You got to love that. Pinecrest not ranked. Galloway not ranked. Savannah Country Day not ranked. Athens Academy not ranked. Calvary Day not ranked. None of those teams all season at all were ever ranked in the top 10 uh so you gotta love that uh with Dwan Dwan Odom's just gonna be running wild with Chase Ellis Jordan Brown the freshman who's really picked it up um CJ Riley that you know they're gonna be running wild on these guys it would be a historic upset if they get beat uh bottom left hand side Green Forest Mount Bethel um, it, that should be the Elite Eight matchup. Holy, uh, Holy Innocence has talent and Garrison Powell and Chance Moore, who's been great for them. But you know they, they're 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 pretty good. They had a really rough non-region schedule. They played a lot of good teams, but I think Mount Bethel find a way to get past them. I don't think Mount Bethel has enough depth. Enough depth. I think that's going to end up hurting them in the long run, and that's why I think uh, Green Force gets past uh, Mount Bethel, and Green Force will play St. Francis. Uh, in the final four, top right hand side, Walker 
Walker has been a very good team. Riverside Military has uh, been a nice revelation as well. I, I, I like Walker advancing to the Elite Eight. Um, Pisca versus Elka. I like Elka. I think Elka finds a way back to the Final Four, um, and they get past Walker, who, uh, I mean, I really like what Walker's done uh, this year with Burke Chebahar and uh, – Oh gosh, um, Chandler Baker, I believe his name is. He's uh, he's had a really good year as well. He's really taking his game to the next level, so I can appreciate that. So um, they've been really good. Um, but I got Elka advancing just because they're they're seniors, and uh, I think they they know what it takes, and they've taken some of their you know their heartbreaking losses, and they should be stronger from it. And on the bottom right hand side, it is uh boy, if you're <laughs> If you're in the bottom right-hand side, you got to be happy because there is no team where you're just like, oh, my God, I am terrified. There is – that thing's wide open. And Lakeview Academy gets a three seed because they always win that region. Um, they're a good squad. I mean, Mount Perrin versus North Cobb Christian. North Cobb Christian hasn't been very good this year. Mount Perrin had one good week, like right before the uh, the region tournaments. Uh, they, they played pretty well and played teams close and got some wins. Um Christian Heritage gets the sixth seed. Uh, they're not Christian Heritage of last year. They just don't have a Christian Koneman. Um, Trinity Christian, 22 seed versus Wesleyan, 11 seed. That is a great 22 seed in Trinity Christian, but they just don't have the guard play, and it really hurts them. They got the big fella inside, and they have Brady Burnett, who's very talented. Um, I think the winner of that game um, could potentially be a favorite to get to the Final Four. Um, I got Wesleyan with the rematch against Lakeview, and they had a you know a nail biter in their first meeting. I think it was like a three point game or something like that, really close. And uh, Lakeview won that one. But if Wesleyan can get past that first round, I think Wesleyan can make it to the final four. I really like Jalen Fullwood. Um, I believe it's Micah Smith. I, I, I like what they have. I like what they have. They have some good guards. They can really shoot the three ball well. Also, which is, uh, uh, of course, very, uh, very important. I think every team in Class A Private has to have a, a couple three-point shooters. J.D. Cavill uh, can really do that. Um, so with Micah Smith and all those guys, I think Weston gets to the Final Four. And in my championship, I have St. Francis versus Eagles Landing Christian Academy. I think St. Francis finally gets over the hump and gets a state championship with Juan Odom and company. Before I ask for Wes McCart's champion, I do want to point something out. I was looking, comparing your rankings to the power rankings, I was looking for Holy Innocence, found them in the bottom left quadrant, the 13th ranked, 13th ranked team, excuse me. They do not get a first round bye. And then you look, they're number six in your rankings, but they're 16 and 11. So those 11 losses probably weighed them down in the power rankings. Yeah, they played just a really, really good uh, non-region schedule, and then once they got into region play, I mean, Holy Innocence was just fine. They're eight and zero in the in the regular season. Uh, they end up losing in the region tournament, um, going to beat by Elka in the semifinals, sixty-seven fifty-five. But uh, I mean, they, they're a very young team. They have a lot of talent as well, and uh, yeah, those eleven losses is what weighed them down, made their road a lot tougher. But you know. They, they could be better for it because they played Therrell. They came back and beat Therrell in overtime, 91-85. It was at that game when Therrell uh, had about 70 points in the paint and made only one three or so. Um, uh, they played Duluth. They played Hillgrove. They lost to Pace Academy, lost to Columbia out of Alabama, got blown out by Buford, lost to Stars Mill. 
and then they they picked up a win against Cedar Shoals and they beat Tri Cities and that's when they started to kind of move in the right direction and you know then they lose to Shiloh and Pace Academy again but uh, they played a lot of really good teams and hopefully that prepares them for the postseason. West who will be the champion in A Private? Uh, Saint Francis. Um, I got Saint Francis, Mount Bethel, uh, Elka. And I also have Wesleyan, which I thought was going to be a, a spoiler, but Kyle got me on that one. And let me just say this: I'll tell you a player to look out for. Not, not a. I don't know. I don't think they have enough to even win their first round game. But Devin Butts at Stratford Academy in Macon is a baller. Uh, committed to middle, committed to uh, Mississippi State. I'd like to see what he does against Holy Innocence. I think that'd be a pretty good game. I still think Holy Innocence wins. But I think Dewan Odom, St. Francis, they get it this year. We're going to move on to A Public, our last classification on the boys' side we need to discuss. Number eight of eight, Kyle, looking at who has the first round buys. It's pretty chalk compared to our Class A Public rankings. Our number one team, Calhoun County, also undefeated in the regular season, 28-0. and They are in the top left quadrant. What I'm more interested in is in the top right quadrant, our number three and number four ranked teams, Trutland and Hancock Central, are both in that top right quadrant, both with first-round buys, of course, but presumably may meet in that Elite Eight. Yes, and um, uh, a lot of good teams here, uh, but I think everything starts and stops. But Region 7, and I'll tell you why as we go on. But top left-hand corner, uh, I got uh, Terrell uh, going up against Calhoun County in the uh, Elite Eight. I think GMC versus Drew Charter is going to be a great first-round matchup. But, I mean, I watched GMC play. They only only got two guys that can score the ball. It is is, – gosh, it's just going to be two guys. It's going to be Jalen Milner. And then it's going to be um, Malik Faustin. It's it's a two-man show with those guys. They're going to do all the scoring. Uh, then they'll have some help with some rebounders here and there. But it is uh, really a, a two-man show of those two guys really scoring the ball. And um, I think they need some more help. Um, they had uh, Armanius White, active guy, six foot three. He's our tallest player. He, he rebounds, but. It's just uh, Faustin left, Faustin right, uh, and then you got uh, Milner left, Milner right. And they don't really didn't run too many plays. A lot of just motion offense, clear out. Didn't really switch up defenses a whole lot, but uh, didn't run many set plays. But it's just those two guys, Drew Charter. Um, they put themselves in this position because uh, they played a hellacious non-region schedule, and that is why they're 16. Um, They've been playing a little bit better here and there at times. Uh, I think they're a, a talented team. They got a um, guy going to Furman, um, Marcus Foster going to Furman. He can really score the ball. And Asher McGee, I think he's very talented as well. That's a good uh, good duo right there. Um, but they, they finished 7-2 and two in their region, and they did a pretty nice job. They beat Wesley in 37-36 before losing by 20 to Greenforce in the semifinals. Um I think Calhoun County is undefeated for a reason. I think Calhoun County uh, will make it to the Final Four on that side. Uh, bottom left-hand side, I think Wilkinson County is going to meet Marion County. And, uh, I mean, the boogeyman is the boogeyman. They've won, what, about five of the last seven straight – five of the last seven state championships or so. Uh, they've won 14 straight games. They were out of the rankings for a, a good chunk of the season. But – Wilkinson County, they're, they're, they're beating everybody right now, and I think they're going to handle Marion County fairly easily in the Elite Eight, just with uh, Jalen Lamar's 
bounce wing. He he needs some college looks. He is bouncy. He can stroke that thing from three. Uh, Christian Lamar, his brother, is a pretty good slasher as well. Uh, but my gosh, um, they got got the head honcho Jacob Crockett. He is a Skywalker freak athlete. Again, they're not too big. Crockett, one of their biggest guys, at about six two, six three, but they are freakish athletic. And I really love what Coach Whipple. In his first year, taking over for Dr. Aaron Jeter, Xavier Whipple. I love what they were doing. A lot of really nice set plays, switching up the defense. Uh, he has a lot of stuff that he can call on. Some nice law plays, some nice curls at the wing to try and get Lamar open. I really like Wilkinson County's structure on offense. So I have them advancing to the Final Four, and that is one of those Region 7 teams. And GMC was a Region 7 team, but I got them losing in the first round. Um, then on the top right-hand side, Hancock, Region 7. Um, now they're going to have to get past the first round because uh, they, they kind of fell on hard times when um, Reginald Reynolds, one of their best players, decided to go in the stands uh, when they were up 30-21 to 21 late in the third quarter against GMC in the region semifinals and got into a kerfuffle and was ejected and then the team <laughs> fell apart and they lost 54-49 to GMC. But make no mistake, uh, if Reynolds was still on the court, they win that game. They definitely win that game. He's about six foot five, um, combo forward, pretty good player. Uh, just one of those tough junkyard dog physical guys in Class A public. I like them. Um, they lost GMC fifty four forty nine. Then they fell to GM uh, to Green County forty three to forty. So that's why they slipped to uh, the number seven seed. But I still have them number four in the state rankings. Uh, I like them a lot. And they got Curtavius Culver, who was um, one of their best players, a, a good a good wing. Um, I got them beating Trutland in the Elite Eight. And Trutland, they have some good athletes now. Trutland's got some talent. Uh, Arcavius Lovett, uh, he's about six foot six. He's uh, something to keep an eye on. He's a fun player to watch. They're twenty seven and one. Um, we got some good card players. Uh, Cameron Jordan, I believe his name. They got some good guard play. Um, but I, I just think Hancock is just tough, and they're battle-tested in Region 7, which is the best region. I think they're able to get the job done. And then on the bottom right-hand side, kind of a mishmash. Don't really know what to expect, but I see Wilcox County playing Green County in the Elite Eight, another 7A or a Region 7 team in Green County. Uh, DJ Wright, very good score. Justin Mallory, solid inside. But I think Wilcox County finds a way to get past him with, um, you know, uh, they got uh, some some talented players over there. I think Wilcox County, uh, a core of uh, juniors. Uh, I think that they get 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 past them and get into that that, that title game. Des Tisdall averaging eighteen point seven and a half rebounds. Uh, Jordan Brown goes for sixteen tonight, and they got Keyshawn Howard averages twelve and six. So and and also a fourth score, Demetric Young averages ten points per game. So I think Wilcox rounds out the final four. I got Calhoun versus Wilco, Hancock versus Wilcox. And I have Wilkinson County versus Hancock in all Region 7 title game. Hancock has beaten Wilkinson County twice already this year. But it's Wilkinson County. It is March. It is a blue storm. It is a making centerplex. Wilkinson County wins the state championship, I believe, their 11th title. Wes, you do have the honor of picking our last champion of the night, now of the early morning. Who do you have winning a public? Uh, well, it's in Macon, and, and Wilkinson County's played in the tournament. I'm going to take them. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. I don't, I don't care if they were the 24th seed. I'm taking Wilkinson, Wilkinson County. I also like Hancock. I have, it, I have the exact same championship game as Kyle, but I have Calhoun, Wilkinson, Hancock, and I have Irwin. 
from mm-hmm. South Georgia, 22-3. and three. Um, Don't know much about them, but I know traditionally they're pretty good. But uh, I just think that uh, Wilkinson, Wilkinson County, we, we ups and lead played them earlier in the year, um, handled them pretty good here at the Castle. But they're hot right now. They're playing well. And uh, if, you can, if you don't pick them to win the state championship in, in Macon, then you probably need to check out uh, high school basketball in Georgia because that's like a home game. With that being said, we have covered all eight classifications of boys uh, basketball here as we ramp up for the GHSA State Playoffs. Games tip off on Friday and Saturday into the weekend at various times. So check with those schools when those times are and get out support these local athlete schools for what's going to be an amazing weekend of first-round games. We hope you found this informative. All of the brackets and scores in real time. All region honors are now posted and are being updated as they pour into sandyspiel.com. And before we sign off, we'd love to thank Wes McCard for joining us on the podcast yet again to provide his insight. Thank you, Wes. Thank you guys for having me, man. Appreciate it. Do stick by. We will have a second separate podcast covering the Girl State uh, Bracketology released shortly following this one. And um, until that time, I guess, uh, get out, watch some basketball. And on behalf of Kyle and Wes, this is Ramin signing off.